Hey, fellas, do you remember when mom told you not to do that because you could go blind? <laughs> I, no, I think my, I don't think my mom ever said that. I think my eye doctor told me to stop disturbing the other patients. <laughs> I think that's a punchline to a joke. Um, <laughs> but that's only because I know that joke and we will not tell it on air. But if you know it, you're probably chuckling as well. There actually is something that you should stop doing or you could go blind. And it involves staring at screens all day. I know this isn't the first time you heard it. You know, when you're a kid, your parents used to tell you to sit back. But apparently blue light could be toxic to our eyes and slowly blinding us. This is according to a new study that was published out of the University of Holy Toledo. Joining us now on the line, Dr. Brett Belchetz, who is our 640 Toronto medical expert. A doctor, we know that the first uh, example of doing that will make you go blind. Not so true, but what about this? Like, what is toxic about blue light? So this is a really interesting study, uh, certainly something that everybody should be paying attention to and exercising caution as a result of. And and one thing that I I, want to make very clear, this is a laboratory study. So this was not done in living people. This was, you know, really using a lot of the cell components and chemicals that we would see in our eyes and, you know, testing what their reactions would be in a laboratory environment. And so what they see is that the photoreceptors, so the cells at the back of our eyes that sit on our retina. So this is the part of our eye that actually captures light turns it into electrical impulses that our brain can understand and allows us to see. Those photoreceptors uh, contain a molecule that's called retinol. And what they noticed in the study is that retinol, when it's exposed to blue light, releases chemicals that actually have the ability to kill adjacent cells. And so no other color of light was doing this. So in the study, they tried other colors like yellow light and green light, and all of it seemed to be okay. But specifically for blue light, these molecules were released and they tested it with other kinds of cells, so retinal cells, and heart cells, and they found that cell death always resulted as a result of these chemicals being released. And so uh, there is a theory here, and again, this is theory because it's just in the laboratory, but a theory that over time, this, if you're using screens all the time, this is going to kill a fair amount of your retinal cells and actually cause what is called macular degeneration. So basically a degeneration of the part of your retina that allows you to see and actually can cause blindness in the long term potentially. Yeah, apparently the macular degeneration is the leading cause of blindness for people over 65. It is a very, very common and and often irreversible cause of blindness for people who are older. And so it's one of those things that we desperately want to avoid because it is very, very hard to treat and, and, and has huge implications for somebody's lifestyle uh, once they come down with this condition. Um, you know, one of the things that was also uh, interesting in the study is just, the, and I think this is really important, is the fact that our eyes are generally very good at reflecting away other colors of light. So, you know, if we look at the yellows and the greens, et cetera, we're quite good at reflecting those away and protecting our retina against those, not so much with the blue light. So the blue light tends to be easily absorbed by our eyes. And so one of the takeaways that I actually very much agree with from this study, even even forget the damage to your eyes, but for a number of other reasons, one of the takeaways was do not under any circumstances use your phone in a pitch black room. So a lot of people are lying in their bed and they start browsing on their phone because the problem is when you're in that dark room, your eyes naturally dilate wide open in order to allow you to see in a dark room. And the problem is that's opening your eye up to actually absorb far, far more blue light than you ever would take in during daylight. Because when your pupil is constricted in the day, it just doesn't let that much through. Meaning that the progression of damage would be far more rapid from that kind of usage versus what we would usually do in the day. 
I know this is kind of a, you might be a little question, and you might not know the answer to this, um, but you said that our eyes can reflect greens and red lights and other, you know, yellow light, but we tend to absorb blue light. We're not so good at reflecting that. So I would imagine that wasn't, you know, something that happened while we were adapting. Is there, are there just not a lot of sources of blue light that are natural on the planet? I think that's probably part of it. You know, you know, we've evolved very well to survive the environment that that naturally would be around us, and so our eyes have evolved to protect themselves against the kinds of lights that would occur naturally. And you're very right that this kind of blue light, the light that we see that comes off of our smartphones and off of a lot of our computer screens, this is something that would not have really factored into our evolution. It doesn't occur naturally very often, so we wouldn't have evolved protections against this light as effectively as the kinds of light, say, for instance, what we get from the sun. So, you know, that's a big thing here. So, you know, there are, I would say to anybody out there, you know, you shouldn't have your alarm bells ringing. I think there are some common sense steps you can take. Again, none of this is proven in people. This is a laboratory study, but I think it's better to be safe than sorry. But there are some really good things. Number one, as I said, you know, don't use your phone at night in a dark room. You're going to really potentially save yourself a lot of damage by doing that. What about the iPad when I'm lying in bed watching Netflix? Uh, same thing. So iPad is just like a phone screen, same technology, same blue light. So, you know, if you want to use the iPad for Netflix, you know, make sure your room lights are on. Don't do it in the darkness. Bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you can do, if you, you know, if you really say, you know, I love my phone and I love my phone in the dark is that there are blue light filters that you can get. So you can put them on a phone or blue light filtering glasses that you can wear as well. Um, all of these are potential things that will actually vastly reduce the amount of blue light that's making it into your eye. Are we and talking about blue blockers, doctor? Um, blue Remember blue blockers, blockers that the uh, people in Florida walk around with? I, I haven't seen that particular product. I've seen a few different brand names of blue light filters, but uh, there are certainly you know a number of products out there. Just make sure if you're looking at a blue light filter, make sure it's a reputable brand. I don't know this one that you're speaking about. Make sure you know you want to look for things like FDA approvals and and other regulatory body approvals to say yes, this is being proven and tested that it actually does filter out the light that it claims to filter out. But but anything that's effectively proven uh, in a testing environment to filter out the blue light is something that you would want to consider using, as I said, either as a glass that you wear over your eyes, so a pair of sunglasses, or as a filter that you can actually place over your screen. Well, you, you mentioned that this was a lab study, so I would imagine that it doesn't make the, you know, the conclusion definitive, at least not, you know, in uh, humans, because we really haven't tested it in humans. But I guess it could lead to more studies in humans, but then we would be test cases. It would be long-term studies, so we wouldn't get any uh, results anytime soon. Well, this would be a very hard thing to study in humans because, you know, ideally what you'd like to do is do a controlled study where you take two groups and one group, you know, never gets exposed to the blue light and the other one gets exposed and we watch their eyes over a period of time. The issue is, you know, in our modern society, there's almost nobody who is not using smartphones to some extent, nobody who's not exposed to blue light. Uh, You might possibly be able to do it by using things like filters on phones or filters on glasses like what I discussed. So there could be some study that way. The other thing that what we can do as well is do what we call retrospective studies so we can start to look at large groups of people and say, ask them about their usage of phones. You know, do you use your phone at night in the dark? And how many hours a day are you actually using your phone? And try to look at rates of difference in macular or retinal injuries between those people and those who aren't using their phone very much. So there's a number of ways we can study it, but all of them are difficult to do just given how pervasive this kind of technology is in our society. But I think you're absolutely right. I think what this study says is, for now, better safe than sorry. You know, there's not a lot of harm that you're going to incur by taking these kinds of precautions and you don't want to put your eyes at risk. But definitely 100% down the line, we need to do a lot more study 
to understand the real risk that these devices are posing to our eyes. I'm going to lob a tech question at you. I know you're a doctor, but, um, and you can give me, I'm a doctor, Jim, damn it, Jim, <laughs> lying right back at me. But um, would it not be favorable for tech companies now to look at the information and say, well, we don't want a big lo- lawsuit on our hands eventually. Shouldn't we switch to a different spectrum of light, like green light? So I think that's a great question. It's actually one of the questions that occurred to me as I was looking at this research. And, and frankly, I don't have the answer techno- technically or technologically to understand, you know, can you have a screen that generates different types of light from the blue? Um, you know, if that were possible, that would be a wonderful solution to this. Uh, you know, from a technological perspective, I don't know how feasible that is. But right now, if you can at all possible, don't uh, look at any devices or screens at night in the dark. Just make sure you have a light on in the room. Yeah, that would be my top advice coming out of this. You know, it's not a big price to pay. It's not too difficult to cut that out of your life. And you're certainly playing it safe rather than sorry there. Dr. Belchitz, thanks for joining us on the line today. We appreciate your time. My pleasure. Have a great day there. Have a good weekend. Cheers. All right, that's Dr. Brett Belchett, 640 Toronto medical expert. It's good to know these things. Um, This is interesting. I don't know if anybody heard about uh, this, but... A week from Sunday, they're going to do this experiment outside at the corner of Young and Bloor. I don't know why they always pick the busiest intersections in the city to uh, shut down for a matter of like four hours. And they're going to turn it into, they're going to roll out sod, quite literally. They're going to turn it into a grassy playground. And this is put on by the people uh, in this organization called Come Alive Outside. And the program is designed to get kids outdoors and engage in unrestricted play, which I find kind of funny because... It's at the corner of Bloor and Young, so you are restricted on account of the boundaries. Mm -hmm. I mean, like where the sod ends, you're not going to be running around because cars are going to be driving there, right? Um, But, you know, this will be 8,000 square feet of sod laid out in the lanes, normally meant for vehicles. So it'll be a hassle if you want to drive around that area. But they're saying it'll encourage kids and adults to play on a living carpet of green and get in touch with nature. I think it's kind of absurd. And the reason why I think it's absurd is... If you want kids to get in touch with nature and being outside, for the love of all that is decent and good in humanity, we have some pretty spectacular green spaces and ravines in the city, not far from Young and Bloor, go figure, that you could take the kids down into. I mean, it's re- I think it's really important. I've said this before. If you have a kid to get them into gardening earlier on, I think they learn a lot about life and, you know, the whole circle of life and, you know, where their food comes from. And just it, it, microbially, it's really great for gut bacteria for your kids to be digging in the dirt, right? Yeah, and... I mean, Evergreen Brickworks is right there, right near there. Why not go there? Why not go there? So I think these are kind of absurd. Yeah, it gets a lot of attention in the fact that a lot of people don't have their kids playing outside anymore. But um, along with this story that I read in the Toronto Star about them getting this space ready, they um, had some really interesting stats that they threw out. Now, most of them are out of the States, but let's face it, we're not that different from Americans. I knew you'd like to think we are. But they say kids recognize the logos of over a thousand brands, but they know virtually no native plants by uh, plant species by name. Like they wouldn't know a trillion if they saw a trillion, which I find very sad. It's the provincial flower. Right? Uh, when mothers and their young daughters were recently introduced to skipping and hopscotch, the mothers could skip and hopscotch much better than their offspring. There's something wrong with that. Also, this is scary. The life expectancy of children today is five years shorter than their parents. That is according to the New England Journal of Medicine. I thought it was interesting to find out the kids can't hopscotch or skip as well as their parents. And I, because, you know, you would think 
That's that's a that is one of the things that you think of when you think of you know children frolicking and playing freely. It would be hopscotch, and one thing that you would expect a parent not to be able to do is coordinate and jump up and down really well due to the oldness and the arthritis and the whatnot. So I know a lot of you have kids. Did are I paint a bad picture? Of- you kind of did. <laughs> It's not a Cialis commercial. <laughs> is Cialis for the arthritis or is it for something else? I know it might be bone related. I'm not sure which it is. All right. uh, let's talk about things that you are shocked that kids can't do right now. Kids these days. That's the next segment. Kids these days. Let's open up the phone lines. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell phone. Like You look at kids. You know, Maybe they're your nephews, nieces, kids, your grandchildren. You're like, what do you mean you don't know that? How is that possible? I thought every kid knew that. 